Welcome to the Comedy on Edge podcast. I'm your host, Mark Williamson. Thank you guys for tuning in and listening. If you listen to us on iTunes, give us a star rating and a review. Really helps the show. If you're not listening to us on iTunes, that's cool. Spread the love. Tweet about us. Facebook about us. Uh, for more information, check out ComedyOnEdge.com or follow us on Twitter at ComedyOnEdge. All right, time for the show. Let's hit the music. Welcome, buddy, to Comedy on Edge, the podcast. We are live in Edge HQ, but in a different room than usual. On the dial, say, we have... Well, you might be producer now that Keishan's gone. I really I quite like the special comments. You like special comments? Yeah, you, I like special comments. You don't want to be producer? No. All right, then, not producer, but special comments. Ryan Crawford is here. Well, they know you like special... How are you? I'm, yeah, I'm really well, thanks, man. How are well, you? That, that was my attempt to promote you at the start of the show, but no, no, you've turned it down. You've, I probably should have talked about it before. Is it a promotion? Well, if there's a pay rise involved, would I go from zero to zero or well, something? You, you're on zero at the moment. We'll triple it. Okay, great. There you go. Yeah, we done. pay well. All right, producer it is. <laughs> so there you go. Well done. Special comments, Ryan Crawford. No, maybe producer. Let the fans decide. And we've got, new, we've got guests. We've got a returning guest and a new guest. Our first returning guest. Oh, let's go the new guest. Go the new guest. Yep. Alice Fraser, back from the United States of America. America? Yeah, I flew in yesterday, so I am very coherent and awake right now. That's an yep. impressive effort. You just flew in straight. You're like, I'm in the US. Oh, I've got to come back for the podcast. Yeah, I didn't even wait for the plane to land. I just parachuted straight in. Oh, that's how we like to see. That's what we like to see. And returning guest, Justin Hamilton. Yes. Mate, in town. You're in town. The big show, 29th of November, the Comedy Store. It's you for an hour. It is me for an hour, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, yeah, I haven't performed a solo show in Sydney for a long time. I'm a bit fascinated by the Sydney scene at the moment. It's turned into a showcase town, hasn't it? It's uh, it's it's all eight-minute spots and ten-minute spots, and uh, it's, it's 2020 comedy. You get in, you go for the boundaries. Uh, you bring up your ton, you salute the crowd, and you fuck off. And uh, I'm finding that to be an, an interesting challenge because, you know, like there was one gig uh, at the Enmore, uh, you know, the Enmore Comedy yeah, Club, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is a great room. Yeah, I was really great. into I it. I was so glad when they opened it. It's so oh, warm and nice. It's so good. It's like, you know, you could do a modern-day Seinfeld there. Like, you know, I felt like every time I finished a joke, you should hear a boom, 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 boom at the <laughs> end of it. But uh, as a host, I was only booked to do seven minutes in each half. And that normally... That would be me saying, hello, how are you? My name's Justin Hamilton, and there's seven minutes gone, and then I would mm-hmm. get into some material. But you do I'm, speak very slowly. I do. Well, that's because <laughs> of the stroke. And <laughs> we don't like to bring up anymore. I've had a lot of uh, facial correctional uh, surgery on that, and that's why not many people know about it. But it is... Uh, I, I'm liking the challenge. I like it. I like going out there for weird blocks of time, like eight minutes or seven minutes. Like, they're, 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 they kind of make no sense, and my... My body clock isn't quite used to it, so I, it's really exciting. But to be honest, uh, an hour is fucking heaps better. Am I right? Yeah, Am right. I right? Yeah. So Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. So is it going to be a case with your new fascination, get into the cricket analogy, yep. you've, it's sort of like going from the seven-minute spot, which is 2020, 20, yep. to the hour, which is probably, one night only, it's probably the 50-50. So you're going to do a David Warner and hit the yep. 197. Yeah. 
and uh, and then have a crack at the people at the store or via Twitter, if we're keeping the cricket analogy going. <laughs> if, if you know uh, David Warner, you know how on the money that will be. I, I will be a cashed-up bogan for that one night and not understand why people aren't kissing my ass more. You're going to grow that creepy Warner Mo as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can do that in 15 minutes. Yeah. I'm very good at growing hair. I say as a lady walks into the room. Oh, that's my flatmate Lisa. She's just Hi. In. We're, in, we're, in the, we're in the lobby of Edge HQ today, not, not, not the special studio. Yeah, no, uh, I'm sure it must be exciting for her to walk in and hear someone who's pointing out that he can grow a moustache in 15 minutes as she's trying to put her shoes down. Probably not the weirdest thing she's walked into. Really? No. What's the weirdest thing? Well, we've had a lot of comics stay here over the years. So oh, right. Friend of the show, Francis Blair. Do you know Fran? You may not know Francis. Sydney. I don't know if he's an institution. He kind of is. Basically, six foot four. About 140 kilos, red beard. Right, where does he sleep in here? Because I'm, I'm guessing one leg in one of these lounges. <laughs> like, there's not a, there's not the a lot floor. of floor. Pa- basically, we had a party here one night and Francis passed out and yeah. it took six people to move. He passed out outside and we had to move him inside and yeah, we woke up. He snores quite loudly. Yeah, he slept in here for the night. And, and do you reckon anyone would be able to hear green sleeves being played as uh, Mr. Whippy goes past? Mm, yeah, I think anthem. I think we might be able to. It is the that. pedophile anthem, isn't yeah. it? Fuck! How <laughs> how disappointed would you be if you came up with green sleeves and that's what it got appropriated for? Yeah, well, it's a medieval song, so they're long dead. Are they? Yeah. Are they? Are they? Yeah, that would still, that would still upset me if I thought if that was, was going to happen. If I was a ghost, yes. If I knew that someone was going to take this podcast yeah. and turn it into the pedophile theme in 300 years' time, I would be devastated but to now. to be honest, in those days, the age of consent was like 11. Right. So they probably would have been fine with it. Yeah, they would probably be wondering what we're kicking up a fuss about now. Man, I hear that, and I do want to get a fucking vanilla ice cream with a flake in it. You think that? That's... I, this, it's a weekly thing that comes around every Friday. Oh. It's not good. It's not good ice cream. Mr. Really? Whippy, like, I was so excited when I moved in here. I'm like, Mr. Whippy, this is... And you go out there and you get... And it's ordinary. It's is real it? McDonald's soft serves better than what they have. Holy shit. I don't know if you can uh, discount the McDonald's uh, Oh, no, no. I'm not... I'm not, I'm but, not so but it should it should not be better than Mr. Whippy. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Whippy should be the thing that dreams up because it's like that green sleeve <laughs> scene gets you going. But yeah. it's not... If we were sure it does. What? What are you trying to tell us? We've oh, just what I'm said saying like, is if green gonna... sleeves is the anthem for, what do you mean it gets you going? Well, well hey, I've backed Ouch. myself into a corner there. No, <laughs> we're taking ice cream. There's, see, that's the thing that pedophiles annoy me for other reasons. Like, what they do is wrong, of course. annoy me for other reasons. But they take, yeah. they make it. Voices. What we talked then, Mr. Whippy is everyone's childhood memory. It's something that I love ice cream. It's one of my favourite things. The fact that now pedophiles are associated with that, that's wrong. Yeah. You know, you now, like you and I, Justin, we can't walk around children's toy shops anymore unless we're going to the Batman or Star Wars collectible aisle without people giving us that sus look. Yeah. And it's wrong. It's just based this whole culture now where like kids can't play out on the street without their parents just guarding them and it's wrong. Yeah, look, I fucking blame pedophiles for a lot of shit in this world. I'm, uh, I'm not into them. I don't want to no. get political, but no, 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 no. I am not into them at all. Especially, the, I've They're never not really... into you either. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's... Your beard grows not anymore. Fast. Yeah, so they look at me after I've had a shave and they think, that is sweet. And then 15 <laughs> minutes later, they go, that little boy has a moustache. Yeah. And they are devastated and I'm out. But, you know, I hadn't even thought about not being able to go into the toy store because I have bought in uh, the last year a lot of, for my Adelaide uh, friends, Lego for the rest of the arseholes, Lego. And (laughs) I, uh, because that's how I chill out. I just build 
uh, I build Lego Lego, and I just sit in on a Saturday night, 41, you're a bit excited to be sitting next to a 41-year-old man, Alice, who sits, sits in and builds Lego Lego, and I that, that, that's how I kind of get zen with the world, and I have walked around toy stores for ages looking at all the different stuff, trying to work out what I'm going to buy. Do I really want the Lone Ranger Lego Lego? I don't know if I want it. It kind of looks cool. Nah, fuck it. I'll just stick with the X-Wing. And... Bit of a now, fighter. Or a TIE fighter. They have mm. a TIE fighter. It looks good, doesn't it? Have you got I the like Breaking Bad fighters. Lego? No. That's, is that... I think it's not official. I, I think it's out there. I don't think yeah, it's out but there. <laughs> no. It looks good. It's good Photoshop if it is. <laughs> oh, no. I think someone's obviously oh. made it. I would mm. fucking buy that in a second, but yeah. I do not think they are going to give that a license. Yeah. I hope they do just to wind Miranda Devine up. She saw that online and then... She, do you know who Miranda Devine is? Yeah, 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 yeah. She's yeah, a yeah. Sydney's Andrew Bolt. Yeah. Um, and yeah, she... she <laughs> She, what a devastating yeah. subtitle. Yeah, that's right. Sadie, she'd take that as a compliment, and so would he. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One man's insult's another. Maybe uh, maybe Miranda Devine is Andrew Bolt in drag. Maybe he does all oh. his work in Melbourne and then flies up and puts on a bit of lippy and shaves his legs and... Uh... Ouch. No, I applaud <laughs> you. It could, be, it could be the other way around. I applaud be... your making Lego thing, making Lego thing. I think it's great. I, I mean, I, I went, I was in America and I was looking at all the museums and stuff. There's a lot of stuff in history that was made by hand. Yeah. Um, we hmm. are not built not to make things by hand. Like it's a very, I think it's a very like natural and primal urge to build things with your hands. Yeah. And hmm. if those things happen to be tiny little replica Star Wars universes. Spaceships. Rather than beautiful urns with naked people throwing things at one another, then that's just time moves I'm, on. I'm a victim of the times. <laughs> yeah. Like, I would have built I would have built uh, an urn with naked people throwing shit at themselves, but it, it was not my time. Not I wasn't time. given those skills. I, I bought a, uh, a, a bookcase from Officework. I, I'm, a, I'm an impulse buyer. I was walking along and I went, I need a bookcase for the house. I'm not going to buy one and then not have it delivered straight away. I'll have to build it. I'll get, so I went into Officeworks, bought one, and, man, halfway through it, I was about to stick my foot through it. I was just like, I don't want to be screwing shit in. This is bullshit. Why can't it be more like Lego Lego, where I can just click it together, and if it's the wrong bit, unclick it. This yeah. fucking screw's not meant to go on the right... Anyway, you I drill got drill a, a hole and you can't undrill it. You can't undrill a hole. Oh, that's what my grandpappy used to say to me. <laughs> and then at the end, it took me about four hours. I don't know if it was meant to take four hours. He was talking about sex. Oh, was he? You can't undrill a hole. Never much. Oh, my God. Just, and I didn't even yeah. have a grandpappy. I think he must have been that guy that used to work for Mr. Whippy. But at, at the end of the night, my... Uh, from trying to screw these little tiny screws in with a screwdriver that wasn't the right size, man, my fingers were tingling. I know that's uh, a terrible sentence. I went went through a bit of Ikea fatigue at one point. Yeah, it's full on, isn't it? It is. Yeah, your fingers just, they give out. And yeah, I've I've moved to the drill, the screw bit in the drill. Oh, my God, you're a real man. Well, no, it's just I'm incredibly lazy. Right. No, you you own a drill. I think that's... Do you own a drill, Justin? Look at me. (laughs) <laughs> no, no, I don't own a drill either. I own a drill. You yeah, own of a course drill? you own a drill. Uh, You're part Amish, aren't you? <laughs> I like building no, they stuff. Yeah, it'd be a hand drill then. Hand I, drill. Drill. I, recent put, I recently put a floor into my place. I was living in a sort of a shed kind of place with a concrete floor. And I got some some nice planks and put a floor in. And then the place got demolished, so... Yeah, but the floor uh, still stands to this day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the floor might still be there. That would be good, right? That's... Yeah, it's like a. It's so, do you like think you'd make you'd grade, make someone yeah. a good husband? Is that what you're saying? Yes, that's what I'm saying. I'm on the market. Anyone yeah. 
bids enough goats, I will build you a cupboard. Yeah, that's all right. I don't know if I'd make someone a good wife. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not very good at building those kinds of things. So it's, oh, you must be good at these other areas. And I, reckon, like, nah. I, reckon, I reckon you'd put out a lot, though. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. I would fucking, I would make someone very happy That's right. in can that regard. Can you make a grilled cheese sandwich? Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. Enough. I can cook a little bit. That's good enough. The, yeah. Can you wear an apron and then do oh, that thing where you put your bottom out and go, boop. Yeah, I can wear an apron and nothing else yeah. if you really want to <laughs> ruin your breakfast. What a catch. What a catch. <laughs> what a catch. I think uh, my main skill in life, if I was to get married, would be just to be amusing in situations that were serious. That, that is a good skill to I'm have. I'm not saying though. it's a bad skill. That's... But you know what that's not going to do? Put up a pagola. No. Yeah, but you, 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 could, you, you're, you know how to use an iPhone. You could order someone. You could go find someone I online. definitely order someone. I would say I need a, <laughs> I need a pagola less than I need the ability to laugh at a funeral. Mm. Yeah, have you ever laughed in a funeral? <laughs> My, I have. Uh, I've, right. I got the giggles in a funeral yeah, once. I, I have. Yeah. yeah right. I was at a. Um, I was at. A, this is a true story. I was at a funeral with my mum, and I don't know why I did this, but I looked up, and on the wall was the numbers of the psalms they were going to read out, and I looked up, and for some reason I added them together, and that gave me the giggles. And then my mum told me, "Oh," she said, "What are you giggling at?" I said, "Add those numbers together." She said, "Why would you do that?" I said, "I don't really know, but you should." So she did, and then she got the giggles. Now this isn't the funniest thing in the world, but when you're at a funeral, which is maybe top of the list of places you're not meant to laugh, uh, it added up to 666. Now, oh. and that set us off. And that set us off. That's quite funny. It's <laughs> pretty funny in that scenario. Yeah. Like, it was a definitely a, had to be at that funeral to enjoy the joke. Yeah, no, you're not taking it on tour, but it's... Uh, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Like well. Oh, I have used it on stage, and it has gone quite well. That is the skill of the comedian. <laughs> yeah, I, see, I, I like the laughing at the funeral things. What I don't like is, is happy funerals, funerals that aren't... Sad. I really. No, I, I, I disagree. I, I'm quite fond of those. One of my favourite. Really like one them. of my and this is so bad. But one of my best gigs last year was at one of my best mates' funerals. Right. So I had to give. You need to look at what you're doing at these no, other no, no, gigs. No. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> but it was yeah. It was like it was someone. Obviously, he's my. He was lost before his time, and I had to. It was me and my. It was a hastily ordered memorial service, and my mate got up and. Gave, he doesn't listen, so it's fine. He gave probably one of the worst speeches ever. Right. And, about, and, it's, and I got up and I just... Worse in what way? Well, it was, wasn't about our mate. It was all about him. And right. the uh, thing that yes. lynched him, he pretty much told a story about how they went to the football once. Right. And he shit himself. And our mate, who's no longer with us, didn't tell anyone. And it took him 20 minutes to tell that story. Uh... Right. Hang on. Who shit themselves? You, you, the, the, the guy giving his... the speech, yeah. So he told a story about shitting himself at a funeral, and I guess the point of the story was your friend who is now deceased... Was good at keeping secrets. Was good at keeping taken secrets. taken that secret to his grave so well, no one would ever find out. Yeah, yeah. and then this arsehole fucking yeah, tells he, it at the funeral. Just, yeah. It, <laughs> that's ruining yeah. your friend's last yeah, great well, gift to way, it. Way to shit on a guy's legacy as well. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 and yeah. he probably did later on. It's, you know. Yeah. So... Uh, so then, it, I'm I'm mad for a, uh, an inappropriate speech. I like the ones at weddings <laughs> as great. well. You know, oh, when oh, someone says, yeah. "Mate, Gaza, he has ploughed through some bitches," and you go, "Oh, this is not the right <laughs> time." Or I saw someone tell. And that's uh, why they call her Anal Sally. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> the rest of the family didn't know the nickname. Yeah. <laughs> anal Sally didn't know the nickname. There's the grandmother sitting in the corner. I I, I saw someone say um, at. Uh, 
Oh no, I'm gonna I'm gonna say who it was. Uh, one of the funniest <laughs> one of the funniest uh, MC jobs I've ever seen was CJ Fortuna, a Melbourne comedian who was a lovely man and I think a very funny comedian as well. And he's I think he's just got kind of funny bones, you know. Yeah. Hmm. And he was the the MC at Husey's wedding, and he talked about how he'd first seen. Uh, Husey's wife and thought she was a bit of alright but then Husey got in there and that's not appropriate but fuck it was great <laughs> yeah. it was really funny. Will Anderson and I were up the back clang and we were laughing pretty hard and yeah. not not everyone else was but yeah, yeah. we thought it was amazing that's pretty hilarious so so what happened at uh, at your funeral gig well he sort of he got up and like gave that and it went down really badly and because yeah. it, it was a small crowd it was a really small I'm also guessing your poor friend who has died uh, young like, you know, it's it's not like... You're not celebrating a life that has been lived to its fullest. No, it was right. more a case, yeah. It was... And it was at our school... It was at our school hall and oh, it was man. mostly teachers and year 12 students because it was organised... Because, you know, your year group spreads around the world. Not everyone could get back for it. Right. So he's delivering... And all, you could see the year 12s just looking at each other like, what are we meant to do? Yeah. And then after that, the guy who gave the speech, his dad got up and read some obscure Shakespeare quote that no one quite got. And that, that sort of took it into really weird territory. And everyone's right. like, get the shit pants guy back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bring him back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I sort of had to... And then I was, I was at this stage thinking, I really don't want to get up here. I'm, I'm, I was right. pretty upset about the whole thing. And then, yeah. obviously... And then... So I got up and I'm like, I just look... I'm looking around. I'm seeing these year 12s sort of trying not to look at me. And then I could just see um, the poor guy's mother was there. And I just... I opened with a little joke. And it got a reaction off her. And I thought, oh, yeah. And then I just... Started working. I pretty much did my act with right. Just and I just sort of, but I was only focused on her, like the mother, and she yeah. was laughing. She was smiling, so I just went with it. And then as I got into my act, I turned into a bit of a roast for the other guy. Right. Sort of, yeah. Sort of got it back, and then yeah, it was. I did about I did about ten minutes, and yeah. it went well. But yeah, you, you, you knew when it had turned into a gig because you looked up the back and someone was giving you the red light. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, we got. I got pulled off, but you know, <laughs> no, no, no. It was just, yeah. uh, just no, letting no, you know. No. You got Slow thirty clap. seconds to, <laughs> to to wrap up this gig. It, it, imagine if that went so well. That became your predominant thing that well, you went and I worked funeral gigs. Like I was, because we had a special few beers. funeral gig guy. I'm yeah, saying this yeah, is yeah. a movie. Yeah, well, Adam, Adam could, Sandler. Yeah, Adam Sandler <laughs> is the funeral the gig guy. I can see the business card already. Like just, I can oh. see Rob Schneider up the back. I'm actually into this as an idea. I reckon you should turn this into uh, a movie. Uh, the funeral movie. gig guy, uh, a comedian, uh, and uh, I reckon it is Sandler, a comedian who has let, let's. You got to. We've, we've got to bring him from a place of tragedy. So maybe he's had a he's had a TV show and he's an alcoholic, and uh, he's pissed everything up against the wall, and his mm. wife's left him, and his kids hate him, and his dog. You know, just to keep the shit thing going, it just keeps crapping all over the house. And then uh, he he tries some gigs and he's terrible. And then he goes and uh, talks at this funeral, and it turns out he just kills, like yeah. he nails it. And then someone comes up to him and says, "Ah, oh, look, my my mum's dying, and she she they reckon she won't live past a week. Can can I book you for next week?" He's like, "What is this?" But then he tries other gigs, and they're not going well. And then that woman dies, and he and he just starts making this lucrative business and starts getting his self esteem back by. 
just laying down some stiffy jokes at funerals and things mm-hmm. like that. There's money in this. Okay. Sandler would jump at this. Do you think it's a Sandler or is it a Jim Carrey? I see Jim but, Carrey. But then, uh, like... It's definitely a Sandler. And, and I've already about run out and he starts killing people. Oh. Oh, yeah. Oh. That was definitely Sandler. Yeah. yeah. Just, yeah. like, going we, and making friends at nursing homes because they have no other friends and oh, then just, like, oh. like slightly pushing their medication. I really, to, yeah. Is Rob Schneider here? Fuck, we got to get... Rob Schneider would do this, yeah. and we'll let him. We'll let him use the term mangina so he yeah. feels at home yeah. in that as well. And I think we could have like one a, scene where he has to dress in. up for a woman for well, no, that's, that's reason. A, no reason. Be, no well, reason. No reason. Well, maybe to get that's into the, the maybe that's the maybe that's the hook. It's like people will laugh at a woman at a funeral and not a man, so he's got to do drag as well to do the gigs. Oh yeah. Well, maybe yeah. that's that's a twist at yeah. some point. Yeah. I reckon Rob Schneider is his best friend from high school, who is now a hitman. Yeah, and that's oh, how and that's how he gets him in. This yeah. is fucking. This yeah. has got. So I, I this has got heaps more plot than I, the last I, four Adam Sandler movies put does, together. It does, it which does. means we could be in trouble pitching it to him. We might have to dumb it down a bit. I've got, I've got a, I've got a, I've got a tagline already for it. Yes, he never dies at a funeral. Great. Oh yeah. Great. I like that. I was thinking maybe we could go the romantic comedy twist. Like the first funeral he has to perform at is the love of his life, and he's bro- like he's broken, and that's what leads it. And then as he's walking away, he learns she's got a long-lost twin sister. Oh, and so he's courting her through, who's also an undertaker. So right. at everything, he's courting her through the whole process. Yeah. Uh, Man, this is just going to make us so much money. Oh, I know that I've just squeezed myself into your idea, but it's based on your idea. I'm the guy that came up Executive with it as producer. a movie. But you brought, yeah, you brought the, in, you brought I don't know what you two kids are looking at. You are out. <laughs> I don't think I'd do very well at a funeral. A lot of my jokes are about death. <laughs> Yeah, you would be, ah, oh, too soon. That would be you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Too soon. <laughs> the Alice Fraser story. Yeah, too soon. <laughs> my, my year of terrible funeral gigs. It's not good. Yeah. Yours could be the spin-off movie. Like, he gets a gig when you're bumped halfway through. Like, oh, we need someone better. Oh, look who's walking past. And he comes yeah, yeah, yeah. in. Yeah. And then we spin off. There's the sequel. Where, where would you say is the weirdest place you've performed uh, a gig? I say I wouldn't be good at funerals because of this. I did a gig at an RSL and uh, there were a lot of very old people there. It was a senior's night. Right. But they, but they, loved, they loved it. They really, like, they, they loved my jokes. But their children who were there, who were sort of, I guess, in their mid-40s, and uh, that were very uncomfortable. Um, so every right. time the seniors would all laugh and then the... The, the, so the, I had half the crowd and not the other half, and it was a really, it was a very strange vibe. And then there was someone calling bingo numbers in the other right. room that came across, and it was just, That's it was the worst, odd. It's the worst kind of offended, isn't it? Offended on other people's behalf. I mean, I'm not a big fan of offend, offended people anyway, but offended on somebody else's behalf. But you know, just, someone being offended, like you can understand. You know, yeah, I yeah, can completely yeah. understand yeah. that. Uh, you know. Uh, I but people offended on other people's behalves. Mm. I I did a fundraiser for for MS in in Perth, which was uh, two nights, and it was uh, both big big shows, and I was the headliner. And the first night went great; it was uh, heaps of fun. And then the second night, uh, just before I went on, so in the break. And when we come back from the break, uh, Peter Rosethorn's going to do a little bit of stand-up and then bring me straight on. Uh, the woman in charge says, oh, now uh, someone complained yesterday that you mentioned wheelchairs. 
And I was like, what? And so you, you mentioned wheelchairs. I'm trying to think, like, what are you talking about? And there's a routine that I do where people taking the glasses off and wearing them and how it annoys me. I say, you don't, you wouldn't, you don't take someone's hearing aid. I say, you don't push someone out of a wheelchair, get into a wheelchair, mm. you know, blah, 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 right? It's, it's a throwaway. Mm. And I said, oh, was, uh, so A, kind of don't tell me just before I go on stage. Tell me well before, and I'm happy to drop that. But I said, uh, so was it someone with MS who, in a wheelchair? I was like, no, nah, it was someone who was there and figured there might be someone in a wheelchair who may be offended by that. <laughs> and it's like, well... I didn't see any complaints from anyone mm. else. Do you mm. know what I mean? Uh, they're, they're, those people are annoying. They're the most annoying people around, you know? Yeah. It's like, they, they don't really get... Um, they really shouldn't get an opportunity to say anything, you no. know, because you're a fuckhead. Yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> I could be articulate about it, yeah. but I'd just rather get straight to the point. They're yeah. fuckheads. Yeah. yeah, you don't have the... Yeah, you don't, if you don't have the standing, it's like a legal thing. If you don't have legal standing, you can't bring the case. If you don't have... Any actual knowledge, it's, yeah. it's very annoying if you take it on yourself to to say who might be offended or how yeah. they might be offended. By the way, what's is, is someone out there with castanets? Well, yeah, I, th- it could I be. think the tap dancing class across the road is just doing that. It's a woodpecker trying yeah. to break in. Where is that coming from? It's out on the street. There's yeah. uh, clog dancing classes. At- yeah, this right. is a this is a loud street. It's not actually considering where, like, we're probably one kilometre from Sydney CBD. Right. So it's kind of not as loud as you'd expect. Right. But yeah, it's just unfortunate. <laughs> Mr. Whitby, as soon as we bring out the amp, you know, noise will appear. <laughs> yeah, that's right. yeah, yeah, yeah. They've got the amp out. Quickly, let's make it. There is, like, going from an hour to five oh. within two days. It's just, it's like, it's like, being a marathon runner and asking, being asked to sprint or something. It's yeah. just, it's such a, a shock to the system to have to just, just not have time to make people like you. You have to just be so much more punchy and, yeah. and gaggy. And it's, it's Plus doing it in another country too, I'd imagine. Differences? Mm. Did you get much uh, accent action? Nick Cody told me that he, uh, and this makes me laugh a lot, uh, Nick told me that when he walks on stage, he just pretty much says, uh, this is my accent, get used to it, and then moves on. And I think it's a, it's <laughs> a handy way to do that. I do something, yeah, quite similar to that. I just say, this is how I sound. Uh, and I talk a little bit slower when I'm in America, but because I, I started doing stand-up in New York in 2010, like that was when, because I was sketch and impro before that, and then I had no one to hang out with. Because so you were in sketch and impro. Because <laughs> <laughs> no, I was in New York, thanks, thanks. Because uh, I was in New York and I didn't, you know, I was uh, not making, just not knowing any of those people. So I thought I'll start with stand up and do it more seriously. So I kind of have a, a sense of what those crowds are like, and it's not. It's not that you have to do different material necessarily. Like speaking a little bit slow, slower, and um, I coming down a little bit harder on your punchlines. But they're quite sophisticated mm. with their comedy. I, I would, yeah, I would say in your mainstream kind of Manhattan club club rooms where it's like mm. Midwest tourists, you do have to do a little bit like, yeah. like a little bit jazz hands so they know when to laugh. This is a punchline. Yeah, you have to yeah. flag it a little bit more. But there's some great rooms and some really mm. clever comedy and most of those... Like, you don't really have to change your stuff that much at all, yeah. except for taking into consideration that they're not going to be able to understand you if you talk too fast. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd prefer it if they didn't. 
I just want them to enjoy the ride and not have any idea of what I've said because, uh, you know, like I saw Tommy Tiernan and I, I thoroughly enjoyed him. But if you ask me half of what he was talking about, cause it, because his latest show was especially about uh, back home and on all these different towns with these great names that have way too many consonants and not enough vowels <laughs> and he was so charming and it was it was it was a charisma overload and uh at the end of it i turned around and i said man i really enjoyed that i don't know much about what he had to say but but he didn't slow down yeah true i mean an early jamoan as well is almost completely incomprehensible yeah but he just he laughed so hard yeah um, now when you can actually understand him or if you fall into his rhythm, you're like, oh, his jokes are quite good as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he is funny. Yeah. Uh, what, what's the main thing that you find when you come back from overseas and you come back to Australia? What Do you find that you have to uh, change back any way that you perform or is there is it you just continue doing what you were doing over in the States? Um, well, there's a, there's a little... Uh, I, guess, I mean, I just got back yesterday. I'm, I'm performing tonight, so I'll, I'll see, I guess. Um, maybe, maybe it's just that I have to be a little bit more... Um, I have to turn over material at a higher rate. Yeah. Here because there are fewer rooms. Mm. And going into America for just a month was just an immense privilege because they haven't seen me. So yeah. I get to use just gold in every room and no one's going to see you twice Yeah, if you're in Manhattan or if you're in Brooklyn or if you're in LA or San Francisco. So you just get to be very impressive straight off the bat. Yeah. Whereas here, people have seen me, people know my stuff. Do you uh, think, Do you, I'm wondering about this though, do you think we overthink that? Like the people that we worry about having seen us before are the people that are going to find you no matter where you perform. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So it's like, you know, you might think, uh, you know, oh, I've performed this room before and all these people have seen me. But what that really means is the people that work mm. here, the comedians and that strange guy who's here every <laughs> week for the last three years. Yeah. And, but, mm. but but I'm not saying that's a wrong thing, but they're, the, they're often the people that we focus on. Yes, I, and I think not necessarily correctly but it has the good outcome that we turn over material material. at a much higher rate than americans like i went back to new york and there are people still doing fives that they were doing in 2010 Mm. yeah but i think i felt like very privileged that yeah i don't have to do that we've sort of got the goal that we have to have that new festival hour a year Mm. whereas in america i mean there's so many rooms if you've got a good headline set you could probably do that well as Seinfeld said he's like you know when he's talking to Louis C.K. and he said I I want to see the act I don't want to see what you thought about on the way here yeah, that's Which right. is a fascinating mm, way is, to, yeah. to look at I, it. I watched, I watched just recently way. his, um, his uh, uh, documentary about all that, about, about how he chucked out all his material and, mm. and, and then went comedian, on the road. And, yeah, that's yeah. the one. Um, and I was kind of, yeah, kind of flabbergasted by the idea that over the course of 10, 15 years, he just had the same hour and he just kept doing it. A, like, that's pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah. A, we're not musicians. Mm. Like... Mm. You want people to laugh. That's ironic people... coming from you, who is a musician. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm> a musician. <laughs> but, I mean, which is why I, I, I turn over song, songs at a slower rate than I turn over jokes. But yes. uh, people don't laugh hmm. twice or three times at the same joke. I think they do, really. actually. They I might do. laugh at the same joke twice. But if you know the joke, you might appreciate it and enjoy mm-hmm. it, but you won't laugh in the same way. Yeah, that's true. I you mean, you're not getting the surprise. Same, you don't yeah, have yeah. the joy of making the mental leap. And oh, yeah, I think there's also that element, too, of us getting bored of it. Like if we know, 
Like, you can only do a joke so many times before you get sick of it. Yeah, well, you know, uh, it's like I like to bring material in and out of my routines. Like, I've got mm. a bit on, <laughs> which is uh, a bit on spooning, which I first did like 11 years ago that I probably performed for 18 months and then didn't perform for two years and then brought it back for a year and then dropped it for a couple of years. And then I recently brought it back at the beginning of this year and it's 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 much better than it ever was because mm. it's got extra bits in it. Mm. It's yeah. it's stronger. I've got more insights into it. So I don't think there's anything wrong with going back and finding something as long as you've got a new spin on it. Mm. You know, as, you, as long as you can keep adding to that topic. Yeah. I mean, with the music, going back to the music thing, I guess because I write comedy songs, you know, they're not like it's not like writing songs. Like I, when I see another c- c- comedy musician and they're doing a song as though it were a song rather than a joke, mm-hmm. like they're repeating a chorus without changing the meaning of the chorus by recontextualizing it in the verse or whatever, you just go, you would never say the same joke four times in a row. Mm. You just never would unless it's, you know, it's it's a, a tag or, you know, something that you're coming back to or unless you're recontextualizing it like it's a punchline. It's, yeah. You just, I don't understand that kind of... Yes, yeah, I think people who write eight-minute-long songs with the same chorus repeated you just would never do that in, if it was a joke. Actually, and it is a joke. But yeah. just... actually, no, I've got. A, I'm thinking of a bit. Brendan Burns has got this great bit about Barrymore. Someone Barrymore, who's someone died. He's a UK celebrity. I can't think of his name. Um, someone died at his party, and Brendan's got the bit about how he was sodomized to death, and he'll do the setup to death, to death, and he sort of. It's almost like a song how he does it because. Brendan, he builds up the anger, builds it up, and just keeps using the to death bit, to death, and the callbacks into the structure. So it kind of... Exactly, but each time you say to death, it's a new joke. Yeah. It's not yeah, well, the well, same joke. Yeah, what you're saying is is that in an eight-minute song, you can say fucking bye-bye, Miss American Pie, because that's the chorus. Mm. Yeah. But in a, in a comedy song, you're just repeating the joke if you're yeah. not changing it. Yeah, unless you've changed the meaning it. of American or the meaning of pie yeah. or the meaning of that falling there. You have to change something so it's a new joke rather than just saying, why did the chicken cross the road? And having the same punchline to why did the chicken cross the road every time. Yeah. Why did the chicken cross the road? Uh, it, because. Because. It felt like it. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I've always wondered. The, the, the reasons of chickens are mysterious to <laughs> man. I want to know the origin of that joke, where it came up from. Like, oh, well, you, yeah, well, uh, surely Wikipedia would know. Like, yeah, Wiki, yeah, Wiki yeah. seems to know everything, doesn't it? Mm, it would. Well, what, according to our environment minister, yeah, that would be a good <laughs> <would> source. That. <laughs> Can you remember the first joke you knew as a, as a young needed. Oh. I remember that, that one, there was it? a show called Come On Kids, always funny, hey, and it had... Winky Dink, who was a little pink, fluffy duck, and he said to the, the like the the human host, he said, uh, "Do you know what the definition of a snail is?" And the host had obviously no idea where this joke was going. Said, so, uh, "What Winky?" And he said, "It's a boogie with a crash helmet on." And I thought that was fucking gold, <laughs> especially amazing. because the human host was a bit oh. <laughs> and this is you have to remember this is like. Uh, like seventy eight, seventy nine. So That's you know, edgy, people, yeah. humor. 
on a kids show. Mm. I like that. I yeah. remember one of the one of the earliest jokes I got told. Is, was, it, uh, sorry, that joke was edgy on a show that was innocent enough to call it "Come on, kids." Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Punctuation is important. It is. Yeah. I remember the, the one of the earliest jokes I remember being told. My oldest brother told me this joke, um, kind of as a test to figure out if I knew the meaning of it. He said, "You know, what do you do if an elephant comes through your window? You probably heard it before. What do you do if an elephant comes through your window? What? Start swimming." Right. Yeah. So, oh. so, and I didn't understand at the ripe old age of six <laughs> what this was about. Yeah. Um, and you know, but I always come back to it. I was like, "What does that mean?" I was like, "You know, dog with a bone. What does that mean?" And eventually, of course, I figured yeah. it out and didn't think it was very funny by then. But that's yeah. You know, that's, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You finally work out what yeah. it means. You go, "I didn't need to know." No. This. Yeah. That's well, that right. was like, like most mysteries. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Do you remember on Hey Hey Saturday in the eighties? They had the great Australian joke with Maury Fields. Yeah. Like Shane Bourne. Yeah. And Shane, and Shane Bourne. Yeah. yeah. I used to watch yeah, that as Seekers. And I remember hearing a joke then when I was about eight, and it wasn't until I was in year 12 that I finally figured out what the joke was. Right. Two nuns are in a bath, and one says, where's the soap? And the other goes, yes, it does, doesn't it? Right. <laughs> and it took me, and I remember the moment I was walking through one day at school, and I'm like, oh, that's what it means. Like, it right. literally took me about 10 years to figure that out. That's funny. Yeah, and it was just from, and that was on, yeah, that was on Hey Had Saturday prime time that was yeah. the joke that's why Mark's so oh. good in an audience you know he just, there, uh, there would have yeah. been some sweet sound effect that would have gone with that <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> my dad used to tell surreal jokes I remember sort of how does an elephant hide in a patch of strawberries it paints its toenails, toenails. red yeah. like things like that and, yeah. and I remember being a squash and a pumpkin get married what do they call their child what? Homer <laughs> <laughs> that was that always was that perplexed me as a kid I was just like why, why did they call it Homer? Ah, oh, because that's the least thing that you would expect it to be, <laughs> yeah, to be called. Yeah. What's white and jumps fences? What? A fridge. What's white and blue and jumps fences? What? A fridge with a denim jacket on. But these things only work <laughs> if you know, I mean, these jokes that people tell, like, they, they only work if you know the genre which you're subverting. Right. <laughs> which my dad obviously hadn't taught us that. He would just tell us the kind of level two or three jokes. So this kind of surreal... Thing would happen. Man, I'm gonna go back to school. I didn't know jokes had levels. Do you remember (laughs) the first joke you ever wrote or told? Uh, I can remember the first song parody I ever did. Yeah, Yeah, we remember the Let's Sing books. Yeah. Do you remember those? You'd have them at your primary school, and you'd uh, you'd all get together and you'd sing Rock and Robin and that. And there was a song about uh, make the puppet dance, Dingle Dangle. And in grade three, (laughs) watch out, kids! Here it comes. I can remember it. This was grade three. I did. Make my dick dance, dingle dangle, careful not to get it in a tangle, you can make it jump and twist, all you have to do is this, so make my dick dance, dingle dangle, and I was a superstar. I was a superstar in grade three. So that's when you got the taste. Everyone just went, what? You just took a word in a song and you changed it. And I looked and went, yep. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, took I was that. convinced that I was uh, that, It was great Is that why you started as a music act? Because of that one moment yes, of <laughs> That's why I did five years of uh, musical comedy Because I thought, well, I've already got uh, some history with this But that's the, but it's uh, things like that That my primary school friends that I've caught up with Have said, oh, we always knew you were going to get into comedy Which I didn't know yeah. But that Why was... didn't you tell me? I yeah. wasted all that time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wasted the yeah, I, I wasted nineteen no, I don't have a hex oh, debt. Eat a shit government. <laughs> I fucking went straight from high school to work to comedy. No hex debt. Yeah. All my money is hammos. Oh. It's worked out well, right? That's good. Yeah. That's no education. Can't do anything else. Got no qualifications. But <laughs> no debt. That is a motivator, isn't it? When you 
Yeah. Fall back. No plan B. No plan B. There was no plan B. This was this was it. It was only going to work. That makes for some exciting times, doesn't it? Yeah. No, I was being sarcastic. Uh, He's crying. He's crying. Yeah, I'm about to burst (laughs) into tears and shit myself. But it's uh, yeah, yeah. There was no plan B. Ah, This was it. See, that's you're you're probably one of the first people I met who's gone straight into comedy because it's like. Normally, most of us sort of fall into it. Like, I know, Alice, you're a lawyer. Uh, so, uh, yes, I guess. You had to bring that up. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> oh. No, I, I don't know. I, I've seen uh, articles about you being a lawyer yeah, in no. like, newspapers. Yes. Is it bad to bring it up? No, it's not bad to bring That's it up. That's how I introduce you to everyone. <laughs> she Alice, used to be a lawyer. Be a lawyer. <laughs> Still technically qualified. Please don't hire me. Um, no, I, I, I <laughs> was always doing comedy uh, I did, from about first year uni. But, uh, I mean, I started doing comedy because I was bad at it. And I thought it would be interesting mm. to see if I could get good at it. Uh, Impro. Yeah. Uh, and then... But you still finished the law degree. Like, you're not... Oh, yes. I mean, of course. What's, what's the... What case... Like, in, if I came to you with a case family. and I needed... I needed her, I needed a lawyer. What's, what's the worst thing that you would feel prepared to defend me against? Do you know what I mean? Like, with your skill set and... Oh, I mean, there's that... Um, like, would it be I'm not, murder? I'm not qualified to, to represent someone who's I don't need, a barrister. I don't need to know your qualifications. <laughs> I just need to know what you would... Uh, I would defend you for murder, yes. That, the, would the, you? The cab rank principle, yes. Right. I have... I mean, unless there's some kind of outstanding circumstance where I could... There'd be a conflict or something. I like, would, about halfway through the case you found out that I did it? <laughs> <laughs> something like that, yes. Yeah. But then I'd have to say, I can't... I cannot represent you as not guilty. Not guilty. Yeah. If you've told me that but you if are I told guilty, you how I... then I am I'm obliged. My first duty is to the court. Right. Uh, so I am obliged to advise you to plead guilty and maybe I, then I can look at the you know possible Claims if I'm defenses, denying it to you. Uh, that that I'm guilty. But you're pretty certain that I'm guilty. Oh, then I can then I I mean You can you can get out of it. Like can you like you're defending me now? If you have told me that you're not guilty. Yeah. And I believe it. Right. I can plead you're not guilty. If what I don't believe you... it, it's not really my job necessarily right. to to find out. I'm what not a detective. You... Right. What happens if you I were trying? I can tell you what your case is going to be. Like I'm saying, right. if it looks if it looks to me like you're guilty, and you yeah. want me to plead not guilty, yeah. and you're insisting that you're not guilty, I can tell you the strength of your case. Right. And that it's not very persuasive. Okay. Uh, but. I can still plead not guilty. What would you do if uh, I was up for murder and I'm then you, this and I'm saying that sorry, I'm not I'm guilty? I'm not giving legal advice, by the way. I'm not qualified Aren't you? to give legal advice. No. I think you are. And uh, I'm saying I'm not guilty, but you're pretty certain I'm guilty. And then you try to get out of it, and then I fucking let you know. You better defend me, or yeah, I will certain. hunt you down. <laughs> I just want to know. I'm not yeah. saying this is going to happen. I'm just trying to work it out. You'd be, I mean, this you never happens know. to criminal lawyers all the time. I mean, right, yeah. being, being a books. criminal lawyer is a really difficult yeah. circumstance because all of the people who you're involved with, or the majority of the people who you're involved with, if it gets to court, yeah. they're not necessarily going to be people who it seems likely enough to the police that that yeah. they are guilty, yeah. that there's a case against them. So they're going to be, uh, in the majority of cases, not necessarily awesome people to be. Yeah, right. They're going to be people who you could look at and go, oh, probably did it. Yeah. I mean, the first case I ever, I shadowed a, a criminal barrister in first year, and that was our first assignment, and I shadowed him. And I just, ha- I don't think I'd ever just, I'd never thought about the fact that everyone has to have a lawyer. And the guy that uh, we were he was representing and I was shadowing him, 
had been accused of a horrible crime. And I went into the court and I was like, how can he be defending him? Mm. I guess everyone needs a defense. Okay, everyone has a right to be represented in court. And then the person who was accusing him was an equally horrific person. And they oh, were just no. saying these awful things about yeah. one another. And you just thought, I thought I couldn't be, I'm not tough enough to do this as yeah. a job every day and be around people who are just horrific, like ho- horrible life stories and like, you know. Well, what happens if I told you that we were going to have <laughs> yeah. an, Ameri- an Australian spin-off of Judge Judy and it was going to be Judge Alice? Would you uh, be up for that? I would be up for it. I don't know if I'm sassy enough. Really? Yeah. But you could play some songs. She's, she's a very I could play experienced. Some songs. Like, Hilarious judgments delivered in rhyme. She's, that, an, she's an incredibly experienced judge, Justin. That's the thing you have to remember about Judge Judy. That is a good point. She's yeah. also the most highly paid TV, TV person in America. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Why wouldn't you? Well, she obviously knows how to cut a deal. That's yeah. right. Like it all makes sense, doesn't it? Right. Yeah, I like alternative dispute resolution. I like that as a. Kind of an avenue. So it's funny you say that. I did first year law at uni, and it was the day we had to watch, we had to do court reports, and that's what made me transfer out of it. Yeah. So I just sat there and watched all these defendants, and they were all. There was one guy; he was guilty, and he just stood there and he said, "I'm defending myself." And the judge is trying everything. <sighs> do you really want to do this? Do you, and it turns out one of the court reporters gave a test. Like the judge did everything to get this guy out of going to prison. Mm. And that annoyed me. I'm like, oh, come on, just send it. And I just, that's what got me out of court. Like, I just thought, right. I, I can't deal with this. So, so I'm not tolerant really enough. good of the judge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, I thought to me, the judge is going out of this way and this guy is fighting him at every moment. Right. One of the interesting things I found, I, I, I read an interesting study um, about an Israeli appeals court and they did a long-term study over six years of the decisions that this court made Um whether to release people on parole or not. That was basically the majority of their cases, whether to release someone on parole. And they, over these six years, they figured out that your chances of being parole, paroled, let go for on your own, were directly tied to the blood sugar level of the judges. <laughs> oh, yes, so I have read that. In the morning, yes. you're more likely to be released. If yes. you have a case in... Immediately before lunch, you were less likely to be released. Yes. After lunch, more likely. Immediately before close of day, less likely. Yeah. And I thought, these are people whose job is to be impartial. I saw this. Uh, I saw this uh, doco once about psych- um, pri- uh, psychological concept of priming, and they did, did this experiment with people where they were going in for a job interview. They were going in to 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 actually assess somebody for a job interview, mm. and they just had this set up beforehand where the their colleague would kind of say, oh, can you just hold this for a second just before they went in to meet the person? And what they were getting them to hold was a drink and it was either a hot drink or a cold drink. And when they handed them the hot drink, they hired the person. When they handed them the cold drink, they didn't hire the person. And it was basically just, you know, they're, they're just psychologically kind of negative about you know, what they're about to experience because right. they've, they've had that so shock we, to the system. So yeah. what we're saying here is when Justin goes to court for murder, yeah. Yeah. Give, give the tray the of donuts coffee, yeah. and a hot coffee. Give the, yeah. ju- give the judge yeah. a mocha. Yeah, but I, I would probably, like, how many years of law did you study? Oh, gosh. I was at university for far too long. Right. I was, uh, I mean, it's a f- five-year degree. Right. And you did I, one year of law? One year of law. I would feel pretty confident defending myself in uh, <laughs> in court because I, I, I did uh, six seasons of LA law. Yeah, so I, I would be onto it. I think it's important to note that in the entirety was, of my law degree, I didn't read a single case through. 
What? Really? Even I did that. I didn't. I was like. Well, the reading thing is the is the thing that sort of got me out of law. Like I got into. I, I started. Only I didn't even get all the way through the first year. I did um, introduction, then I did contracts. About halfway through contracts, I gave up because I had a conversation with my lecturer about an assignment I was doing, um, and it was like after hours. And I walked in, she was sitting there, nose buried in a book, in a law book, and I thought to myself, "Oh, so you don't stop reading when you do your degree." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. I mean, I always always think about this with with lawyers and and bankers and anyone who does that kind of job and people are quite jealous of people in these high-paying corporate jobs and Mm. they forget that the reason lawyers are paid $500 an hour or whatever it is to do this work, a large part of the reason why they're paid that much is because no one else will do that work for any less money. It is not fun work. And some people are geared for it and some people are excellent at it. But you have to think about it. The fact is it's difficult and for the most part it's very boring and it's difficult to pay attention to something that is boring for a long period of time without your brain turning to sludge. And some people can do it and that's why they're paid a huge amount of money. But anyone who's like, oh, lawyers, it's a hard job. It's a really hard job. The expertise that go into it and and it's not the $500,000 a year doesn't come straight away either. You've got to work your way up in those firms for 20 years. Man, I've seen that documentary rake and that looks pretty (laughs) (laughs) good. Hour per hour in, in the large law firms, graduates are paid less than retail. Yeah, the, the number the of hours they work. Starting salary in like I did Tassie. Most of my the guys who started there started on like about twenty thousand a year first year law, which is, yeah is not a great amount of money. And yeah, yeah, so in a, it's in a long a, way off. In the Sydney, s- it's it's more than that. But at mm. the same time, if you look at the hours they work, yeah, yeah, it's not a good deal necessarily. See, that's double what uh, a, uh, a ten year comedian will make, but there's lot, a lot less work. So yeah, yeah, a lot of yeah. time. <laughs> And that works out well. Also, I mean, I mean, this is the thing nowadays. Like you used to do that work and work incredibly long hours for relatively little pay because you assumed that in five years you would get a promotion mm. and then three years after that you'd get another promotion and you'd be partner within 11 years or whatever it is. But now there's no certainty of anything. Mm. Like there's no guarantee that any, you're going to get anything for your investment like, that's mm. rough, man. That is really rough. You're paying in a lot for not very much. Well, law degrees are useful in other in professions other than law, of course. That's the other side of it. There's more There's more people doing law than there are. There's a lot of good comics lawyers. who've got law degrees who've done. Yeah. 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 Pickering. Yep. Yeah. Peter Berner. Yeah. Berner, James yeah. O'Loughlin. I don't know if I'd want Peter Berner looking out for me. No, yeah. I would. He'd be the one I'd want. Really? I think he'd, he'd get the smell of blood and he'd go for it, wouldn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. But he does look if, a little bit like Walter White. So, <laughs> but I want Walter. I, I, I'd want Walter in my corner. I wouldn't want to be against him. No, yeah, I definitely. I'd rather, I'd rather Peter Burner. I'm actually gigging with Burner on Monday night, so, so you have but, to say nice but, things. No, 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 no. I'd, <laughs> he will fuck of you all up. All the comics, I think, if I wanted arguing for me in court, Burner would be one. The other would be Tom Gleason. Yeah, yeah, Gleason would be hilarious. I don't know if he has a law degree though. No, but I just like oh, interesting he'd be, he'd be just, comedians. He'd be my character reference. He'd be yeah. just like, I think he'd be like the Matlock, like halfway through the rant in the defense. Yeah. He'd click the case and he'd solve it. Yeah. Both, I just think he'd just add it all up. Both Berner and Gleason, not men with a lot of hair. Do you think hair is negatively correlated with legal ability? I, uh, well, just, I just did a visual joke on Yeah, yeah. We're taking this podcast to the next level. Yeah. We're doing the visual here. Yeah, but the, we've got the camera in we, the corner. We, we've, got, would, we've got incredibly sensitive listeners. Oh, they can pick amazing that kind of thing, thing up. I right. saw in LA. Yeah. Amazing. 
amazing thing. Uh, I, I was driving down the street and I saw a, a, a shop, a place of, of business that offered scalp tattooing for oh, men. right. So, so men who've gone bald can look like they've just shaved their heads. Right. That they, have a, they can tattoo on whatever hairline they like. Yeah. Wow. I'd get, I'd that get, was um, amazing. I'd get the Gene Simmons <laughs> widow, with, with the little uh, widow's peak. peak. Yeah. yeah, 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 right in the, right in the middle. I see nothing. I, like, I, don't, I, have no, I just don't think there's any – like, I don't particularly have a judgment of guys who don't have hair. I think if I, if I didn't have like, hair – But it's clearly a, a really big neurosis about it among guys. Yeah, well, it depends on the to shape the of your hair. point where they're getting like – yeah, true. You know, yeah, like yeah. imagine if you were Gorbachev. You would have been fucking <laughs> shattered when yeah. you – oh, I'll just yeah. go distinguished and ah, yeah, fucking hell, I've true. got an angry I reckon, um, birthmark. If, 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 I, if I went bald and like I was choosing a tattoo for my head, I think it would be fuck you God or something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think I'd go with the Bam Bam Bigelow – Bam, my bam, bam. 80s wrestler who just had all flames tattooed <laughs> yeah. all over his head. I'd put a I'd put a target for birds who wanted to shit on me. That's what I do. I just oh, have a little good. target on my head. No, but the whole point of these tattoos is that they're not that they look like you've just chosen to shave. Oh well, you know what I do? I would get a tattoo of curly hair that made no sense. So everyone <laughs> would go, "Wow, he's he's still got <laughs> curly hair, but it's all it's very two dimensional. It's quite, yeah. it's it's quite an illusion. Yeah. So you know those street artists who do the three dimensional ones that look like you're falling down. Just get that tattoo <laughs> done on your head. Oh yeah. Like the brain. It's like, and then everybody goes, when somebody says, oh, that's not, that doesn't look real, you're looking at it wrong. Stand over there. <laughs> yeah. You know. yeah. There's no depth to this. Do you have any tattoos? No. No? Yeah, I've got one. Of my, what have you got? Uh, it's like a, hey. it's like a little design. Oh, oh right. Nice. It's so, like a, for the, um, for the, it's supposed to be a star. Listening, it's, he's just showing us a tattoo. Yeah, what we might penis. do, we might take a picture of Ryan's tattoo and put yeah. it on the Facebook page. It looks like the weapon in the sci-fi eighty sci-fi movie, Krull. 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 Yeah, Krull. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. With the Cyclops. Yeah. No, is movie. it that? Yeah. yeah. Is yeah. that what the no, tattoo is? No, it's not. It's not. It's supposed to be like a star. I know it's like a stylized star. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Do you have any tattoos? No, no, I don't. What would you get if you were going to get I have a tattoo? one ear pierced. That's about as edgy as I am. Right, you get a tattoo of an <laughs> ear piercing. You even have both ear pierced, ears pierced. Yeah, one's enough. Yeah, you can uh, get a tattoo commemorating the ear well, piercing. I thought of, I was very seriously <laughs> thinking about getting a tattoo. Right, uh, but I got my ear pierced instead. It was a you know. What was the tattoo going to be? Uh, just I, I didn't know. That's why I didn't get one. Yeah, right. I'm thinking of getting a tattoo on my chest. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Of a, of a chest, right on the chest of a like a like from my navel right up to even when I wear a t-shirt, you can just see it popping up oh, out yes. the top. That's delightful. Mm. Yeah. And it's going to be uh, a naked woman holding a sword with a dragon behind <laughs> her, <laughs> cupping her breasts. Do you, like that would be cool, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that would be really cool because it would imply like an ill-spent no, youth. <laughs> it would imply an ill-spent youth that yeah. you just can't back up. No, I can't back up. Did, and you just wouldn't talk about it. You just like, it's, oh, I'm sorry, I don't want to talk about that part of my life anymore. And then be- you'd have a haunted look in the middle distance, and yeah. someone would think you were so interesting. Yeah, I would be Ryan Gosling in the place beyond the pines. That's that's but awesome. with a much better third act. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, please, much better third act. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were going to say that you were going to get a tattoo of a hairline on you. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, no. I've already got a hairline. Yeah. That's like the best thing because then the hair will be growing through the, the dragon. Those oh. guys who shave their chest and then they have like two-day growth on their chest, that is the worst look in the world. It's so much better just to have a hairy chest than it is to have two-day stubble on your chest because then right. you look both somehow both vain and ill-kept. Yeah, like, and then if you the make out with a lady, she's going to have a, a beard rash yeah. on her chest. Well, I was going to say, you've got to look at these sort of things positively. If he's spooning you, he's exfoliating your back. Oh, <laughs> right, that's right. You don't have to do that in the shower I've anymore. I thought about that too much for something I said three seconds ago. Well, I'm a quick thinker, what yeah. can I say? Yeah. Yeah. It's all about the logic. That's right. Yeah, that was a logical <laughs> conclusion for exactly. you. Exactly. 
All right. Well, I think we, I think we could talk about tattoos till the cows come home, guys. We've we've hit the fifty minute mark. Thank you, guys, yeah. for coming along. Now, Justin, you were mentioning earlier your gigs. You have a great blog at your website, justinhamilton.com.au. dot com dot au. Yeah. Are you documenting every gig you're doing this year? Yeah, I am. It's been uh, it's been fun. You know, uh, we were talking about this earlier. The weird thing of um, you know, you, you perform a gig and you're in the moment, and then after the gig, you talk about the gig. But I was surprised at the beginning of the year, by the next day, how much I've moved on. And so having to hold on to, you know, and think about every gig. And I, I'm, I haven't done as many gigs this year as I have in previous years. I took, um, I, I took, I didn't do the festivals. I uh, I took about three weeks off when I took uh, my mum overseas for her birthday. I took a, um, I kind of uh, wrapped up some gigs in September because I had some other projects I had to finish. But it's been like uh, 135 blogs so mm. far. and it's... I read them, they're great. Yeah, oh, do you? Too. Right. Yeah, too. I have no idea who reads them, but it's always nice to hear. But it's been it's been really interesting yeah. to look back on stuff and go, okay, this is what I've been doing. It's made me, uh, mm. I think it's made me a better comedian because I've been thinking about it in a, in a different way. So if you're interested in the way uh, a comedian's uh, year can pan out, uh, you know, there's there's gigs from all over the country, from Afghanistan. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's uh, it's been a been a fun process. Yeah. So check them out, and also f- you've you've got three, still got three podcasts. Oh going? yeah. <laughs> you can listen to. Uh, can you take this photo, please? Which is uh, predominantly me speaking to other comedians, sometimes authors and musicians and things like that, but predominantly other comedians and uh, how they go about uh, their their craft, etc. There's some uh, old episodes uh, that are fascinating with Peter mm. Hellier. The Hellier one's a really good one. Tony Martin's been on four mm. times, and we still have only just gotten up to Martin and Malloy. He has a <laughs> he has a lot of great stuff. There's a two parter with Rove, a two parter mm. with uh, Tim Ferguson. Will Anderson's always fun. Yeah. If you want to work out, like know how a comedian breaks down a, a, a comedy festival show. The two with Tom Gleason are mm. really fascinating as well. Uh, there's the Shelf podcast, which he, uh, runs when uh, the show, The Shelf, is not on in Melbourne, and that's with Adam Richard and uh, sometimes guest uh, Tegan Higginbotham. And there's Hellier and Hamo Dig Flicks, which we get around to when we can make our schedules meet up, which is hard, but that's yeah. Pete and I talking about movies as nerds do. And if you happen to have Foxtel, I have uh, a pilot on in on the 6th of December right. uh, called Stand Up, Sit Down. And it that's is awesome. the first episode, well, the pilot, hopefully it goes to series, but it's me interviewing Will Anderson and Rove McManus. Oh, wow. That's so, mark it down, all those. And if, you can get Foxtel now for like one or two months contract free. Yeah. So sign up, watch the show and say, look, I'm only renewing if you give me a whole season of this. I'll be into that. I think that's a good... Them. It yeah. makes a difference, that stuff, if you write in and like it. Absolutely. Yeah. Tweet, a tweet about it now. Like, December yeah. 6th, we'll start... If you've got a hashtag for the show yet. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll just well, put a hashtag stand up, sit down. Stand up, there you go. Let's and keep it easy. It's at Justin Hamilton on Twitter? Uh, it's at Justin Hamilton on Twitter. The last O is an O. The last O is a zero. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So check it out, people. And Alice, you're on Twitter at? Alliterative. A-L-I-T-E-R-A-T-I-V-E. Alliterative. So follow Alice and Ryan. And I know yours. <laughs> Do you have any shows coming up? Uh, I'm all over the place. But yeah, follow me on Twitter. You follow on Twitter for all the... You have a pretty good website. I do, alicecomedyfraser.com. It's Al- me staring out at you with haunted eyes. It's very... It's, it's very Kate Bush. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. And Ryan, at, you're on Twitter, at yeah, Ryan the at, Crawford. That's right, Ryan the Crawford. And he'll be tweeting a picture of his tattoo later on. Why not? F- follow me on Twitter, at M underscore W underscore OH. Thanks for listening in, everyone. If you're listening on iTunes, give us a review or a rating. It really helps out a lot. And thank you guys for listening. And, well, special comments, Ryan, hit the music. <laughs>